2: And here we go, off and running on this thorn in the side Thursday, the 28th day of December 2023. This is The Horn. Headon.live is where you'll find us on the interweb, tubes. That's where you go, of course, if you're listening live and you'd like to jump in and be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is The Horn Chat Room, the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All time zones in between and the great globe round and where if you do pop in right now you'll be greeted by the early arrivers Anatole and Squeaky, incapable capable moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and Zimmergist extraordinaire Roger in Oregon. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, hi, I'm Robin. If you are... Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, please like this episode and subscribe on a couple of platforms so that you'll always know, even if one screws up, you'll still get the notification by the other. It happens. And leave a comment. The algorithms just love comments, and, you know, we're seeing a modest little uptick in the number of people finding the program and listening, that's helpful and, and, and wonderful because it adds to the greater weight of the conversation. But all of that. So, yes. And uh, thanks go out to our 28th day of the month subscribers. That means thank you.
0: Uh,
2: Let's see. Yeah. Uh, Yes, indeed. uh, Thank you so much to Mark and to Sharon and to Suman uh, thanks so very much indeed to Charlene and Rogue's Island. Uh, thank you for all for being partial sponsors of the program and help keeping this little the broadcast effort independent, non-commercial, not profit-driven, non-capitalist, uh, on the air for almost, goodness me, uh, 20 years in February. How about that? Thank you all very kindly. Uh, a reminder: uh, our uh, buddy Jake in Columbus has—he uh, told us about this yesterday evening. But he's got—he's uh, got the Have a Show on Jake, Jake's Dad challenge on the table. Uh, Jake will match everything that comes in up until, up to uh, the amount of Have a Show on Me. So that's three hundred bucks, and Jake will match the three hundred up to three hundred. And that would get us from 1976, where we are now, to 1376, uh, which would mean that we were actually getting close to, uh, in less than a week unfunded. So that's a, that's a, that's a pretty, it's a pretty impressive number. And I'm terribly thankful, Jake. Thank you so very much. Um, and well, would help me uh, do a bit of a frenzy of of end-of-the-month bill-paying that was actually kind of due. Middle of the month (laughs) gets a little, uh, well, things get a little scary from time to time, but here we are. Um, And there's Irish Dave entering the chat room. And we have uh, our evening's photograph of Herb Cain as... Godzilla from Wasilla referred to him. Yeah. And meanwhile, Herb Cole, um, member of the founding family of Cole's Department Stores, and a former senator from the state of Wisconsin, passed away at the age of 88. Um, apropos of nothing. But it is thorn-in-the-side Thursday, and sometimes the thorns are particularly thick and stupid. I mentioned Godzilla from Wasilla a minute ago, and I remember how back in 2000, every time we think we found the dumbest, uh, the dumbest right winger, they prove us wrong. I, I remember when. It, No idea. No idea, Uh, Randy Radar. No idea. Um, But, no, I I, I remember when George H.W. Bush selected Dan Quayle. And we thought that that was the dumbest man who could ever possibly be a heartbeat away from the presidency. And then, well, W., Won the presidency, and once again, hope springs eternal. Well, that's the dumbest a president can ever get. Oops. Then we got, well, John McCain chose Sarah Palin, and we all had these nightmare visions of McCain dying in office and leaving us into the tender mercies of Caribou Barbie. And then of course Nitwit and Nero. And they just get dumber and dumber. And stupider. More stupid. And I feel like I'm probably the only one that's really stayed committed to talking about what a, what an absolute dumbass dipshit Nimrata Haley is. Political Success in politics is not always driven by, we might even say it's seldom driven, by intelligence. It's driven by ambition and money. And to a certain extent, appearance. And so, all the way back to when she was governor... Of South Carolina, Stan. Our dear friend David in South Carolina, Stan, made sure to educate the Horn Family Community Congregation as to just how damn dumb she was back then, and she's not gotten any brighter. Then, of course, Nitwit Nero tapped her as his U.N. ambassador and we all remember, although uh, uh, why it's not talked about more often, like every time her name comes up, is beyond me. But the fact that, you know, she, she thought she was talking to the president of Poland in a prank phone call by the morning zoo crew of Moscow 98-8, the vulgar Boatman, and and at the time, that story got hardly any notice at all. I don't know how they disappeared it the way they did, but it was like, ho-hum. I, meanwhile, for good or ill, stayed true to my belief that America really needs to know what a dipshit Nikki Haley is sitting there prattling away on the phone, talking about an imaginary island nation somewhere off the Vietnamese coast named Bonomo. <sighs> Lapped that shit up like a kitten with cream. Because she just couldn't bear to say that she wasn't familiar with a place. I mean, after all, she was the United States ambassador to the United Nations, right? Right? That's important. Well, that kind of. Uh, the two things have absolutely nothing to do with each other, Randy Radar. They're not at all related, entirely separate systems. But that brings us to today. Or yesterday, the day before. Uh, Nimrata's been feeling pretty, oh, I don't know, uh, special. Because she's gone in, in New Hampshire polling. She's gone from 27 points behind Orange Genius to only 17 points behind him. That means maybe she's, she's flipping some potential Granite State maggots. Well, here we are. Now remember, I don't have to say remember, but we remember. She was governor of South Carolina stand. The state that fired the first shot of the Civil War. When traitors started lobbing artillery shells at Fort Sumter. It is, as uh, Charlie Pierce has referred to it, South Carolina is literally the home of American sedition. And so, in New Hampshire, which interestingly was the first state ever to mention the idea of secession, really, long before uh, anything, it, Civil War, not yeah. They tried to hire, uh, some people in New Hampshire tried to hire a young Daniel Webster to... Uh, Make the case for New Hampshire seceding from the Union. They were eventually talked out of it. And Webster wouldn't do it. But in New Hampshire, a voter yesterday just asked her, So, what was the cause of the Civil War? Great question, right? It's kind of like how in all the old World War II movies, you could always tell who the Nazi spy was by asking who won the 1933 World Series. And Nimrodha apparently understands, at least to a certain extent, her base. Uh, She said... uh, and she prattled on for a while because she wanted to make sure that she sounded extra super double plus smart. And so she said, This dipshit. I mean, really, can, can that just be a. Re- Maratha Haley is a dipshit, she's dumb. Stupid with a capital stew. But she's trying to mimic her orange god by prattling on and making mouth noises that will make the people who think that she is smart uh, know that she is. What was the cause of the Civil War? Men from New Hampshire fought for the Union in the Civil War. Men from Vermont. Men from Maine. uh, Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain, the hero of uh, Gettysburg, who went on to become the governor of Maine. Saved the day at Gettysburg by using a uh, an, a little-utilized uh, infantry uh, movement and stopped the South at Little Round Top. Well, I, I, I guess, you know, she didn't spend a lot. Of, and, she, you know, she was governor of South Carolina, Stan, when the slaughter happened at Mother Emmanuel Church and she eventually brought down the devil's diaper, the treason flag from the South Carolina Capitol. And so uh, she prattled and said, I think because of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run. The freedoms and what people could and couldn't do and, and, and she went on she, she went on at length. But never not once oh no did she utter the word slavery. She didn't even indicate that slavery was an issue in the Civil War at all. That was about limited government. Right. Well, this then caused everybody with two functioning brain cells to rub together to ask. Gee, Nicky, what about slavery? Yeah, Even Julius Geezer went after her for that. And then when she realized she was stone cold busted and had fucked up something fierce, she blamed the person who asked the question. Biden and the Democrats keep sending Democrat plants to do things like this to get the media to react. We know when when they're there. We know what they're doing. Why is Biden doing that? Why isn't he doing it to other candidates? It's because he knows I can defeat him by double digits. It's also because they know they want to run against Trump. They're trying to help Trump. They've tried to help Trump this whole time. So they said, "Uh, uh, really, Nikki? You really think it was a Democrat plant and not just an ordinary, everyday New Hampshire voter? No, it's definitely a Democrat plant. That's why I said, what does it mean to you? And if you notice, he didn't answer anything. The same reason he didn't tell the reporters what his name was. I mean, we see these guys when they come in we know what they're doing and we know from the second day asked the question if you look at the last one I did in New Hampshire there was one at every single town hall this is what they do and I'm trying to turn the question back on them in this case this is what happened but yeah this is what they're doing and so if you notice he didn't mention anything about slavery he didn't talk about it because it wasn't the intent that was never his intent (sighs) but it Didn't go away. I mean, here's the fullness of her blather. I think it. What was the Civil War about? I think it always comes down to the role of government and what the rights of the people are. And I will always stand by the fact that I think government was intended to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. It was never meant to be all things to all people, especially not the ones who aren't fucking free. Government doesn't need to tell you how to live your life unless you're trans. I added that last part. Or queer of some sort I added that part too. They don't need to tell you what you can and can't do. They don't need to be a part of your life. They, I know we get terribly upset about pronouns these days. But notice, notice the pronouns she uses for the government. This actually syntactically matters. It philosophically matters. Government doesn't need to tell you how to live your life. They don't need to tell you what you can and can't do. They don't need to be part of your life. They need to make sure that you have freedom. Government is a they, of them, and it. When in fact the operative document that sets the, the the they government in motion is we first person plural we not they not them not those We, the people of the United States, you know, that's the preamble to the Constitution itself. Granted, Fat Dead Tony Scalia said that uh, that was just. Uh, linguistic shilly-shally. But it's not. It, it, it's a mission statement. The Declaration of Independence was a propaganda document. This is a mission statement. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. They, the government. And this has been a long, long long-running thread in paranoid right-wing politics going back almost to the time of the framing of the constitution itself the government the united you know as separate and distinct from you know the decent people being governed they need to make sure that you have freedom she prattled we need to have capitalism so suddenly it's we we need to have economic freedom. We need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way unless they're trans or queer or something. I, have to, I, have to, I keep have to add in that last part because it matters. Because she does not believe in any of that. but that was that was that was the the, 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 the the meaningless word salad that she babbled out as to why what the civil war was about <sighs> and then came today When she, when when the, when the shitstorm hadn't calmed down yet, and nobody in the interim explained to her that the first law of holes was when you're in one, quit digging. Ah, it, 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 yeah.
1: Watching this very very closely, she has blamed. A Democratic plant for asking this question last night about <laughs> the Civil War. Well, uh, wh- well, actually, let's listen to Nikki Haley for one second. In the
3: town hall. Yesterday I was at, last night I was asked about the Civil War. And what I think of the Civil War, what was the cause of the Civil War.
2: Shitty audio in New Hampshire. Of
3: course the Civil War was about slavery. We know that. Oh. That's unquestioned always the case. We know the Civil War was about slavery, but it was also more than that. It was about the freedoms of every individual. It was about the role of government. For 80 years, America had the decision and the moral question of whether slavery was a good thing and whether government economically Culturally, any other reasons, had a role to play in that. <sighs> she's, got a, she's got a
2: shovel in both hands now. I wonder if this dipshit... And again, I'm not going to back off of this, not that I think you're wanting me to. She's a f- fucking idiot. There was a rule in the House of Representatives... That banned for bad. any member of the House from saying a peep about slavery being bad. I went through the Capitol Visitors Center some years ago. and, and you know, uh, John Quincy Adams was the only president. Whoever ever left the presidency and went back to Congress. And he was a skillful orator, they say, and, a, and, a, and an e- even more brilliant mind. And the, 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 the southern members of Congress did everything in their power to try to stop him from inveighing against the massive moral evil that was the enslavement of millions of Americans who themselves or their ancestors had been stolen from their homes brought over the Middle Passage in a horror of slave ships and had their labor stolen from them for their entire lives. In the Capitol Visitor Center there, I saw the desk that John Quincy Adams had used when he sat in the Congress and drafted yet another resolution against slavery. Somebody tried to teach dipshit Haley some basic history in between yesterday and today, and they failed miserably... Uh, We had an 80-year discussion over over whether government had a role in it. Oh Jesus! Uh, The stupid, the stupid makes my old punkin head hurt, and that's very true, Cynthia, in the Bay Area. um, Yeah, or pregnant. And you need an abortion. Then she's especially happy, I'm sure, to have the government get into the woman's womb and tell her what she can do. Pegs, Oh, she, they are.
3: By the grace of God, we did the right thing, and slavery is no more. We? We?
2: Who's this we you're talking about, Nimrata? The ancestors of the people you governed in South Carolina who started shooting at the federal government installation there in Charleston Harbor? That we, Nimrata? God, what a dumbass. We. We. You and that mouse in your pocket? We? We. By the grace of God. No, by the blood of patriots, you freak. By the sacrifice of outfits like the Iron Brigade. Brigades that marched all the way from places like Minnesota and Wisconsin and Iowa to the killing fields of Antietam and Manassas and Shiloh and Chickamauga and Franklin. We We and New Hampshire and Vermont and Maine and were hotly opposed by ignorant dirt farming southerners who had been finagled into treason by their landed gentry aristocracy. We ended it, Yeah, see, they just took a vote in the Congress, and uh, old Abe Lincoln said something about it being bad and 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 used a mathematical term that she probably doesn't even understand. how many's in four score and seven, Nicky we. Where's Little Round Top, Nicky? Where's the Devil's Den? Where's the bloody pond?
0: <sighs> but the
3: lessons of what that bigger issue with the Civil War is that let's not forget what came out of that, which is government's role, individual liberties, freedom for every single person, freedom of speech,
2: freedom—bullshit, bullshit,
3: bullshit. Of religion, freedom to do and be anything you want to be without anyone or government,
2: including being Nazis, including being Klansmen,
3: getting in your way. That should be the goal of what we always try and take away from that, right? Because we never want to return back to that place. But we always want to remember the lesson of what it means to be a free individual, and that everyone deserves to be a free individual. So we stand by that. I say that as a Southerner. I say that as a Southern governor who removed the Confederate flag off the State House grounds. And I say that as a proud American of how far we have come.
2: A proud American of how far we have come. So now- What the actual fuck does that even mean? A proud American of how far we have come. Dumber in the head than a hog is in the ass, that woman. Um. Nimrata. The eternal weather vane. Flavio noting, It was only after the Charleston church shooting she signed a bill to remove the devil's diaper from the state capitol, and she still prevaricated. Uh, quoting Wikipedia, Flavio sends along, Before June 2015, Haley supported flying the Confederate flag on the state house grounds. In the immediate aftermath of the Charleston church shooting, Haley did not take a position on removing the flag, saying, I think the state will start talking about that again, and we'll see where it goes. On June 22nd, Haley called for the removal of the Confederate flag from the state house grounds. She stated, these grounds are a place that everybody should feel a part of. What I realize now more than ever is people were driving by and felt hurt and pain. No one should feel pain. There is a place for that flag. It's not in a place that represents all people in South Carolina. Then comes July 2015. Haley signed a bill to authorize removing the Confederate flag from the flagpole on the grounds of the South Carolina Capitol. Then in December 2019, she defended the people of South Carolina, saying that some people uh, saw the flag as a representation of service and sacrifice and heritage. But then she really nailed nailed it on the dismount because by God, when they tried Dylan Roof for the Mother Emanuel massacre, she demanded the death penalty. Uh, uh, yes, Cynthia. I th- yeah, <laughs> Cynthia's got it. Freedom, including the freedom to grift, to scam, to steal, to pollute, and yes, to kill with an AR-15. Those aren't freedoms to me, Cynthia says. No, they're the sorts of things Republicans are for that makes a true victim of me. I don't know how much more of this stupid we can take, but let's let's try to slog through it.
3: Now I'll start. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. We're going to talk about the state of the country, and we're going to talk about how to save her. I was born and raised... All right,
1: what you just saw there was very interesting. South Carolina governor, former South Carolina governor...
2: Interesting's doing a whole lot of work in that sentence.
1: Nikki Haley choosing, choosing to address this issue in her first campaign event of the day. You get a sense of just how important she believes it was to clean up this answer she gave last night when she was asked.
2: But well, she didn't. CNN Newsman. She didn't. She didn't clean up anything. And in the aftermath of her dumbass statements yesterday, well, uh, lots of people had lots of things to say. If this was a democratic plant, it was a really good one, because when she didn't mention slavery, the voter was there and said, "Why didn't you mention slavery?" Ew. How damn dumb do you have to be to say that the Civil War was about government interference in people's freedoms? when government was waging a war to make people free and was being resisted by traitors now what is the line from the battle hymn of the republic Uh, Christ was crucified for you and me as he died to make men holy let us die to make men free women went begging in, in, in that one too oh no we've got one of those Racist lib talker dehumanizes first-generation racial minority American running for office. Brother Deacon. <phone> Gotta <rings> admit. No, 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 no. I, 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 I dips, Dipshits can be human, Not quit that. Other people noting, well, Nikki's whitewashing the Civil War. You don't say. But she had to be careful because she knows her base. And she knows that they don't want to hear nothing. that, That sounds woke. Saying the Civil War was about slavery, that's all woke, and DEI, and CRT, and shit. So... (coughs) Uh,
0: Patrick...
2: Uh, Rodden Bush, who worked in both the Obama and Biden administration, said, you know, it's easy to dunk on Haley for this. It's much harder to grapple with the fact that a leading Republican candidate for president made a calculated decision to not say slavery because of how she thinks the party's base would react. Ding, ding, ding. I, Jim uh, Skudo of CNN said, and the freedom in this case was the freedom to own people. She it, it, oh. And it just doesn't slow down. Because now she's getting savaged for the it was a Democrat plant stuff. Uh, (laughs) A Democrat plant tripped me up with fourth grade grade history is not the defense team Haley thinks it is. Stop this farce. Go back to Boeing and stop pretending to run for president. A Democrat plant could be the only reason Nikki Haley couldn't answer such a softball question. Because only Democrats have a problem with slavery? Another individual, it would appear that Nikki Haley doesn't understand the difference between a town hall and a party rally. If she can't deal with the presence of Democrats without calling them plants, she's not equipped to be president. Uh, former Virginia Republican Representative Denver Riggleman just said, spin hard. then, Then there was a clever fellow, Joseph Britt. Most people don't know that when Charlie Brown asked if anyone knew what Christmas was all about, Linus's first response was that Christmas was all about freedom and what government does. Everyone booed, including Charlie Brown, so that scene got cut. And then, reminiscent of Caribou Barbie, um, another individual said. Uh, uh, that Democrat plant might as well have asked Nikki Haley what newspapers and magazines she reads. These Democrats with their tricky gotcha questions. And the, uh, the Declanis bot campaign That chimed in. Clean up on aisle five. Haley embarrassingly attempts to walk back her Civil War flub. Explains that she couldn't answer the simple question because the voter was a Democrat plant. Nikki Haley doesn't uh, just doesn't have what it takes to win, and then there's George Conway, uh, who said that uh, actually even worse. Because she did take the uh, remove the Confederate flag from the South Carolina state capitol.
0: Um,
2: President Biden went on to Twitter and said, all he said was, it was about slavery. It was about slavery. But George Conway, replying to uh, John Padoritz, said, Does anyone truly believe... Oh, this was Pedoritz's question. Does anyone truly believe that the child of Indian immigrants to the United States who took down the Confederate flag flying over her state capital is a pro-slavery racist? I say this fully knowing it was a dreadful answer, and that dreadful answers sometimes tank campaigns. Well, John Pedowitz can be pretty dreadful in his own right. She's not, George Conway responded. That's what makes it worse. She's knowingly pandering to a base base. Of course, uh, as the Flavia points out, I still maintain Nimrata as a human weather vane. If we see her as a human weather vane, everything she does is understandable. Everything is calculated. Nothing is sincere. But you still got to worry You still got to factor in the stupid. There, Flavio. She's dumb. But from the weather vane department, it was 2010. Uh, five years before the flag got taken down from the South Carolina State Capitol. Also before the Mother Emanuel slaughter when Nimrata decided she wanted to defend Confederate History Month, giving an interview to the Palmetto Patriots. The Palmetto Patriots um, fight back against attacks against Southern culture. And in 2010, she said, no, that flag's not racist. And and the flag should fly at the Capitol as a compromise of all people. All people. That everybody should accept a part of South Carolina. Oh, God. What a mess. Can't wait for the next gotcha question. Hey, Nimrata! Who's buried in Grant's tomb? Jesus. What color was George Washington's white horse? Is your refrigerator running, Nimrata? Do you have Prince Albert in a can? And she's in second place behind nitwit Nero. It all makes sense after a while, doesn't it? I didn't say good sense, but it makes some sense. Uh, Jake, when you have a moment, uh, did you announce the the, the challenge? Uh, let me know, uh, Jake. Uh, I did, and we have a hundred and uh, we have two hundred and seventy-five dollars to go on it. Thank you, Ralphs. Uh, since we're coming up on the big be- uh, on the end of the first hour, we've got two seventy-five to go. That'll get us down to. Uh, 1376 for our fundraising deficit thank you so much Jake and hopefully folks will respond and uh, made it Uh, regarding uh, this is from Reverbo Re- regarding Repiglic and dipshits, recent elections sadly point to this. Just how ignorant and stupid do you have to be before the dipshit voters finally reject you? Haley's candidacy shows they all haven't reached the bottom yet. And I think that's, that, that's ultimately um, the question. Is there a bottom, Reverbo? Because, like I said earlier, we went, oh, Dan Quayle. Thank God we dodged that bullet. Oh, shit. W. Well, maybe we'll get through this. Whew, we got through that. John McCain chose who? Oh, that's got to be the dumbest... Rep- no, there can't be any dumber than... Uh, Godzilla from Wasilla. Oh, but there was, and we got the tag team of Nitwit Nero and Trump, or Nitwit Nero and and Mike Pencilneck Geek, and Mike Pencilneck Geek Pencil, turned out to be the smart one. And here we are, Verbo. Here we are. makes my liver quiver and don't dare ask because you will get an answer how much dumber can they get no Emilio I haven't come on Robin you have never been to how far we've come county in South Carolina no, been through Spartanburg and been to florence and and and, 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 and Charleston no it <laughs> must be a heck of a place. Is there a bottom? Cynthia asks. For Nazi Germany, they had to be devastated by World War II, and when they lost, the bottom still wasn't low enough, and Hitler-loving Germans committed suicide by the thousands. I guess that's the bottom. Well, how many, <laughs> how, how many, how many maggots died in the COVID pandemic? I got I got I got my Aardvark antifungal here. I got some I got some aquarium cleaners back up. Got several pints of pee pee in the refrigerator that I'm sipping on. Onions in my socks. That might be the bottom.
4: Don't know.
0: Oh
2: goodness me! Are we? Uh, well, since we're in, in here, let me just check, make sure that I've got all the Nimroda news out of the way. A couple more quotes. New Hampshire Democratic Party Chair Ray Buckley said, Haley's refusal to admit that the Civil War was rooted in slavery last night in Berlin. Really, it was in Berlin, New Hampshire. Maybe they pronounce it Berlin. I i think they pronounce it Berlin in Wisconsin is just the latest of her shameful attempts to whitewash our country's history. From defending the Confederate flag and leaders to equating Black History Month with Confederate History Month, Haley's record bowing to the extreme fringes of the MAGA Bay speaks volumes and is yet another reason why New Hampshire voters will reject her next year. Uh, Then speaking to ABC News, a uh, senior White House advisor, Biden advisor, but it doesn't take a Ph.D. to understand that slavery was the central cause of the Civil War, but instead of telling it like it is, the entire MAGA field from Donald Trump on down are pandering to the most extreme fringe of their base. Minimize slavery, paraphrase Hitler, punish women and doctors, quite the record heading into the general election that will be the most diverse in history. Quite. And then, uh, let's see. What else? Well, uh, this just crossed my feed. Story from Politico. Uh, Politico reached out and said, hey, you know what might be interesting? Let's find the black Republicans and ask them how they think, what they think of what she said.
0: Cool, huh? Well,
2: uh, Bracton Booker, writing at Politico, said, Republicans of color said on Thursday they were dismayed by Nikki Haley's initial refusal to say that slavery was the cause of the Civil War. It wasn't just an offensive historical omission, they argued, but a tactical blunder, too. Rena Shaw is a Republican strategist in Washington, D.C., she said uh, she easily could have communicated better in that moment, but she chose to use a tired old political stump tactic by tossing the same question back to the guy who asked. What I do see her is what I do see is her having left out the word slavery because she was scared to talk about anything regarding our nation's complicated history. I think by acknowledging slavery, she felt like she might be alienating Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis voters. Uh, Then there's... uh, uh, The article references black Republicans like Shermichael Singleton, who's worked on previous Republican presidential campaigns, including the Romney bot and Ben Carson... Uh, Remained disenchanted. Singleton said he believed Haley was right that her questioner was a plant, but he didn't think that was an excuse for fumbling the answer. She should have been able to answer the damn question and move on. I wonder. I wonder if there was a follow-up, dude. You're a black Republican. What's that like? But Mr. Singleton wasn't done. He said uh, she had a chance to be competitive, even though she was always likely to lose the nomination. However, that's over now. She's toast. Uh, And then there's Armstrong Williams. Didn't he used to fill in for Fat Dead Flush Flimball at one point? Uh, He was trying to cover There were so many other issues that caused the Civil War, whether it be states' rights, states' rights to allow people to own people, uh, the role of our federal government at the time, not telling people they couldn't own people. But what she has to realize is all these issues, no matter what they were, were inextricably bound to the institution of slavery. She cannot separate slavery from any of these issues, no matter how many she mentions If, again, if this really, 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 really was a political operation, it was brilliant. Because after a full damn year or more of barking and grunting about CRT and DEI and wokeness, it didn't come back and bite a Democrat in the ass. it bit a Republican. Oh, my gracious. Uh, Armstrong Williams went on and said, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, this isn't gonna this isn't going tank her campaign and it shouldn't. Listen, Nikki Haley's not a racist. She's not a bigot. She's a politician, and sometimes politicians do what politicians do, and they pay the price for it. And she's paid the price for not being the person of courage and having the moral clarity to speak the truth. Where where is that uh, moral clarity? In the Republican Party. Because, see, that's the other side of this coin. Ask the same question to every other Republican presidential candidate. Start with Nitwit Nero. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get a better answer from him. You're not gonna get a morally clear answer from monkey up declantis. God alone knows what an answer would sound like coming from uh we wreck Wee we Um then uh, Byron Donalds, who is a, a maggot licks fiddle, uh, uh, you might recall he was briefly nominated uh, to be Speaker of the House during the, uh, the Speaker-rama back in January of this year. Uh, he, he got mad at... Uh, monkey up Declantis over the uh, slaves developed skills which could be applied for their personal benefits language from a Florida approved textbook. And uh Then uh, GOP activist C.J. Pearson said, Why Nikki Haley felt the need to sidestep a question that should have been a layup is beyond me. We are the party of Lincoln, the party of abolition. We should stand on that unapologetically and unequivocally. You're crazy. Uh, C.J. Pearson went on and said I will say that a lot of independent voters who have rallied behind her probably woke up with a lot more pause this morning about her candidacy than they went to sleep with maybe people are waking up to the fact that she is and I don't I I, I don't want to put belabor the point or put too fine a point on it but a dipshit if her brains were gassed, she wouldn't have enough to fill up a piss ants motorcycle and run it half around a BB. She's dumb. But then again, look at the Republican Party. That's their dream candidate. Oh, and uh, South Carolina, let's just kind of stay there for a second, even though... It, Now, uh, it looks like uh, Miss Lindsay is feeling butch again. Three American soldiers uh, were injured in northern Iraq in the Kurdish region. We do still have boots on the ground there. A group called Kataib Hezbollah who are Iranian backed launched a drone and injured the three soldiers they launched the drone attack because the Israelis assassinated one of uh, their top generals this militia uh, outside of Damascus in Syria, that general's name was Sayed Razi Musavi, according to the Associated Press. Uh, General Grant, General General Miss Lindsey Graham, said, "Well, uh, let's just go to the go to the video from." Fox News, TV, Radio Rwanda, it's always so fun to hear him being butch.
5: And since the fiscal year began, more than 730,000.
6: Yeah. So today, Blinken and <clears throat> Mayorkas going down to Mexico City. What do you make? Is anything going to come of that?
7: And, and what is the Senate going to do? Where are these talks? Well, number one, they could fix this tomorrow if they chose to. This is a self-inflicted wound by the Biden administration. Trump had the border at the lowest level of illegal crossings in 40 years in December of 2020. December of 2023, we're at an all-time high. Policy matters. So he told Mexico, if you don't help me, I'm going to put tariffs on all your products. Guess what? They helped. Biden changed that policy. We're being over, overrun. President Override. Biden has abandoned the Border Patrol. But, but let, Senator... Out of due respect, I just want to
6: stop you, yeah, with, because, you know, there's no doubt that this administration's policy is which favors they're all there on and the
2: release, couch, is right, yeah, bring ringing
7: numbers That's never right. never
8: seen. Right. But but then, while I'm down in Eagle Pass, Bill Malusians and Lukeville were watching right. agents 200 yeah. to 1 getting overrun. So the Senate smart. actually hung out a little while, the House went home
7: early, you guys were trying to get something done, and then you said, well, about it's Christmas, and you went home. Well, they're trying to jam us they wanted us to vote on a piece of crap bill right before Christmas, I said, I'm out of here. I'm not going to sit here and vote on a bill that won't do anything. I'm out of here. Here's the dirty little secret. They could fix this tomorrow if they went back to Trump policies, but they won't do it. We're going to change the law to give them tools to deal with this. Will they use it? I don't think so. No matter what we do, no matter how we write the law, they want it this way. They're He'll either get to the Iran most incompetent people in the history of the he world. He needs to hate. Needs to hate these brown people, people for a little bit I think they want first. it this way. So I'm working with Senator Lankford, who's doing a great job to change the asylum system, to put a limit on parole, the magnets that draw these. So people.
6: policy changes because money is not do it.
7: Policy changes, but you change the policy, you got to have the will, right? If you don't have the will to use the tools you have, you go nowhere. So to the American people, if this problem. Doesn't get better because they don't want it to get better. When's the deal get it done? It's, uh, early January. It sounds like you're
6: saying that the, to fix the border, you have to change policies that come from
7: the White You got to change the
6: people. So it sounds like you're saying you got to change the president. And you yeah, know, it that's looks exactly like the what president I'm. Trump, you're a
7: smart dude. Yeah. I'm saying out there, if you're <laughs> sick and tired of your border being overrun, of having to mortgage your house to buy gas and get shot at the traffic, you know, at the at the gas station, vote for Trump.
3: That's what I'm saying. Well, Senator, let's (laughs) talk about that because 2024 is just days away. What's your your reaction to what's going on in Colorado? Uh, Trump is, of course, expected to appeal that ruling. How do you think that's going to impact 2024?
7: I think it won't impact. I think the uh, Supreme Court will slap it in. A state interpreting the insurrection clause is a bad idea. This is a political decision in Colorado. They hate the guy's guts. But you talk about radical? They want to pack the Supreme Court, the left. They want to abolish the electoral college. They want to have H.R. 1 national voting. They're the radicals, not Donald Trump. So this Colorado uh, uh, decision won't stand. It's time for us all to fight back. Speaking of Chick-fil-A. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you like Are you prompting us to
3: ask you a question? Yeah, okay.
7: Yeah. okay. You know, the guy on before me, the Christian guy, wasn't that an awesome in dad? The club. Yeah, so, what a
3: reasonable man.
7: What, what an unbelievably reasonable man. So the state of New York, where I'm at, wants to pass a law to make Chick-fil-A stay open on Sunday.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: Well, if you can have a Satan club in high school, surely they can close on Sunday because they believe it's the Lord's Day. So uh, Dan Cathy's out there watching us. To the Chick-fil-A people, you stand your ground. I've got your back. It's illegal what they're trying to do. Trying to make Chick-fil-A stay open on Sunday violates their constitutional rights. And this is one of the most liberal places in the world. And we're going to fight you, New York. We're not going to give. And
2: then they bring out a tray of
7: Jesus chicken
2: for Miss Lindsay.
7: This is Wednesday.
3: For you, so this I hope is that you're God's hungry. chicken.
0: Look at
6: that! <laughs> Listen, you've got a you've got a Georgian here hosting oh. three hours today. It took a South Carolinian to come on and tell us that we need to stand up for Georgia's own Chick Fil A
7: here in New York City. I tell you what, don't take
6: Chick Fil A. What's your order? You. What's your order? Here. What's your favorite well, this, order? This,
7: uh, the minis. Oh my goodness! You like the minis? Here's what: those kids in the Satan Club buying some chicken minis. You'll turn them around. The bottom line is concern the Satan Club
2: (sighs) that's a motorcycle gang no it's a big joke now where was the Iran part damn it oh there it is yeah this is this is precious oh he Heap dead, burnt body, veins in his teeth. Oh, oh, he's feeling, oh, he's feeling so, ooh, manly today
3: senator and air force veteran lindsey graham sits on the senate armed services committee and he joins us now senator good morning to you merry christmas thank good you for joining morning. us live in studio you're welcome
7: yeah after watching your show i should have leave new york
3: yeah. <laughs> crime is an issue yeah. Yeah, don't, i wasn't going to
7: walk around but i am not don't, so sure it's a good idea if you do leave don't take chick-fil-a with you but we'll talk about that it'd <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. yeah.
7: so be you, the unpardonable <laughs> sin in new York to eat chick-fil-a in public
3: <laughs> you mentioned uh, crime being an issue in new york city and there there, is, uh, there are a lot of issues that we could talk about, and yeah. we want to talk about what Trey Yanks was just mentioning. Yeah. We are now at, what, 103 attacks on our troops in Iraq, and Syria, yeah. and then 21 international vessels have also been attacked yeah. by the Houthis in the Red Sea. How did we get to these numbers?
7: Uh, weakness. We're fighting the Houthis. <laughs> we beat the Germans and the Japanese. We should be able to beat the Houthis. Uh, Secretary Austin and the Biden administration. Because it's such a funny name, y'all.
2: Hooties. I admire
7: him. Uh, he's a patriot. He doesn't even have, and they don't even have the blowfish anymore. It's just Hootie. But he's not doing a good job protecting the soldiers. I asked him a couple of months ago, Joey, what you were talking about. Is there a red line? Would you tell our enemies publicly that if you kill an American, we're coming after you? Without Iran, there are no Hooties. The hoodies are completely backed by Iran. I've been saying for six months now, hit Iran. They have oil fields out in the open. They have the um, Revolutionary Guard headquarters you can see from space. Blow it off the map. If you really want to protect American soldiers, make it Start real to the Start a war that will require American soldiers to fight and get Re- killed.
2: Good God. Is stupid just in the... My apologies, all apologies to my dear, dear friends, members of the Horn family community congregation in South Carolina. Stand, but I'm going to say it anyway. Is it contagious? Is the stupid just contagious down there? Did Did Nimrod get it from Miss Lindsay? Did Miss Lindsay get it from Nimrod? I mean, what?
7: Coming after you.
6: You know, I've watched you over the years because I fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I always say, I may not always agree with you, but it seems like you're the most honest person on Capitol Hill because you say... bar is low. Well, I mean, that's fair, but that's not for me to say right now. Uh, You say constantly or consistently that it may be that we just leave troops in the Middle East and we do it on our own terms rather than talk about ending these wars. I saw President Bush claim victory in Iraq. I saw President Obama say the war was over, and I even saw President Trump say say that he defeated ISIS, which was largely Iraqi-based yeah. uh, militants. But here we are in 2023. We have three <clears throat> American service members injured. We have 103 attacks. What is the answer to Americans dying in the country of Iraq?
7: To make sure they don't fight us here, we have to fight them over there. The border is your last line of defense, not your first. Is people. Oh, dear God. I thought we were done with that.
2: Well, if we don't want to fight them over there, over here, we'll have to fight them over there. Because over there is where, where they are. And they're not over here. But we got to sell them. Hmm. He tried to kill my daddy. <laughs> Fuck him. We're going to take him out.
0: <laughs> um.
2: It, by the way, going back to Miss Nikki for a second. Clarence. Hey, Clarence. Uh. Nikki's getting close to Trump in the polls. Getting close is not a good thing in the GOP for folks of color. Remember Herman Cain, Alan Keyes, Alan West, and J.C. Watts, all former rising stars in the GOP? Is she a racist is not the problem. The problem is that she is a woman and a woman of color. The base loves the racist piece, but the woman and minority piece does not play in Peoria and Mobile. No, you're absolutely right, Clarence. A solid analysis, as ever. Uh, you're right, Steve, uh, Steve says, uh, either, I don't know, uh, did, did, are you home from, you home from Canada, Canada yet, or are you, you, anyway, Steve says, Lady G, you're right, Trump is not a radical. He's a reactionary. Chick-fil-A. What we in New York should do is ban them because they discriminate against Friday and Saturday Sabbath observers. God, I'm beginning to hate Christians with their persecution complex. We need to protect the Hooties from the Blowfishes. Glad I wasn't the only one who went there. Feel a little better now. Oh, the person, yeah, the persecution complex is broad and deep. And. Yeah. And Chick-fil-A is, is is the polar opposite of the <sighs> Satan Club in Memphis, Tennessee. That is getting all the attention that they deliberately set out to get. Remembering, of course, there's no such thing as bad PR. That's for the hooties and the blowfishes, Steve. Yeah,
7: back to the back to the butchness. Like you in their face in Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria, that keeps them from organizing to hit us here. Are you worried about a terrorist attack on our country? You ought to be, because after Afghanistan, all these nut jobs are on steroids. My view is work with people in the region who reject the ideology. Keep them disrupted over there. You can fight them in our backyard or their backyard. I pick our backyard to be safe, their backyard to fight. You can have uh, uh, allies or do it by yourself. I I pick allies. It's a religious war. They're not going to stop. The reason you lost your legs is because they want to kill everybody who doesn't agree with really
2: Lindsay you're gonna
7: bring up the fact that this guy got his legs blown
2: off and explain explain to him that the reason you lost your
7: legs their religion these people are crazy they're religious Nazis. Hit them over there before they hit them us. And you don't need 100,000 troops, but you need some. People like you, Joey, who will get in their face in Afghanistan so they don't have the time to hit America. That's the only way to be safe in this war. And over the arc of time, people in the region will change. You see Saudi Arabia changing. I wish I had a simple answer. There is no answer other than fighting. <laughs> what, Edith? Huh? Saudi Arabia is changing?
2: Tell that to Jamal Khashoggi. Oh,
7: can't. He's chutney. ...them over there smartly.
2: That's your, I want to
6: shift gears a little bit, because
7: you, I believe...
2: The operative phrase, though, was, blow it off the map! Surprised he didn't. I don't know. Maybe that's what was going on. Maybe he was channeling his long-dead dear friend John McCain, who used to joke by singing, bomb, 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 Iran. Bomb, 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 Iran. Or talk about, glass the place. Yeah, because starting starting a war with Iran, that would be so, so... Super double plus extra smart. Yeah, uh, uh, Brother Deacon Ace, you're right. Shame on Icky Haley. She forgot to remind the audience about all the marketable skills the blacks acquired out of the whole slavery deal. Is it, is it just because it's it's the holiday season and it, I I don't know or maybe 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 it's uh, ah uh, Steve, Steve is not in New York Steve is still in Ottawa stayed an extra night good for you Steve good for you. Let's see, says Randy Radar. I'm holding a th- three and a two. I think I'll double down, Nimrod Haley. Yeah, Lindsay, you're right, says Emilio. Go and get right in their faces, Lindsay. I got the impression Lindsay is not going. Well, he's an Air Force veteran. They never say that he was a member of the JAG Corps. Surprised when they said Air Force veteran, he didn't whip out his Ray-Ban aviators and put them on. Queue up highway to the danger zone. Yeah, it was Steve in New York. Those liberal feminist Saudis. Uh, by the way, I'm having trouble typing on my phone after I barfed all over it after listening to Madam Butch trying to be. I, uh, he's, it's always so much fun when Lady G uh, gets all butch. There was a um, there was a fun moment uh, on Lawrence O'Donnell's program last night. He 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 actually used the word stupid. In reference to Donald Trump. God. So late to the game and everything, but nice to know they're catching up.
8: Jesus wants to shut down MSNBC. Last night at 11:13 p.m., 13 minutes after presumably watching this show, Donald Trump. Posted an attack, not just on me this time, which he's done many times in the past, but on this entire network, saying that the government should come down hard on MSNBC. And we know what Donald Trump means by come down hard. He means completely destroy. He means violently attack, attack the way he wanted Trump supporters to come down hard on Congress on January 6th. It is hard to think within the American political context of words more blasphemous than Orange Jesus, the Republican congressman's use of that name, for Donald Trump, once again proves that Republican politicians protest- professing their Christian faith is as empty as the rest of their political rhetoric. The dictionary defines blasphemy as the act of insulting or showing contempt or lack of reverence for God. The act of claiming the attributes of a deity, irreverence towards something considered sacred or inviolable. According to Christian theology, the name orange Jesus meets all of those definitions of blasphemy. Jesus Christ has endured countless attacks over the centuries since the crucifixion, but never in American history has an American politician slandered the founder of Christianity the way Republican members of the House of Representatives do every time they privately call Donald Trump orange Jesus. Last night at 11.13 PM, Donald Trump began his attack on this network this way. MSNBC uses free government approved airwaves. I would call that a lie if I didn't think Donald Trump was too stupid to know that that is a lie. Donald Trump was born years before television came into American homes. And when it finally did arrive in his living room in Queens, New York, what he was watching in black and white in a tiny box was a broadcast coming over the airwaves from this building as television did in those days, when there were only three networks. Then, when Donald Trump was 40 years old, cable television arrived in his neighborhood in New York City. Obviously, no one explained to Donald why they called it cable television. So, to this day, he does not know that cable television has never been broadcast over free government-approved airwaves which is why cable television, unlike the old broadcast networks, has never been subject to FCC jurisdiction in any way. The FCC does not have jurisdiction, does have jurisdiction over NBC, ABC, CBS, because they were founded as over-the-airwaves broadcasters and are still treated that way by the government, even though when you watch those channels at home, they are arriving on your cable system through your cable. So the man who wants to control the government, And then wants the government to come down hard on MSNBC, has no idea that the government has absolutely no jurisdiction over cable news networks in any way. Or anything else on cable TV, which is why you get to hear all that profanity on HBO. I, for one, have always found it difficult to take threats from the stupidest man in the world seriously. I didn't take it seriously. When he began attacking me and me alone in the news media in 2011, when I and I alone in the news media called him a liar for every word he said about President Obama's birth certificate at that time. And I did not just criticize Donald Trump. I criticized the people running the entertainment division of NBC at that time because at what was a low point in NBC's ratings, Donald Trump had a primetime show on NBC where he pretended to fire people. And when Donald Trump publicly lied about President Obama's birth certificate, the ratings of Donald Trump's NBC show went up. How crazy. Do you have to be? How many lies do you have to tell about the president of the United States? How much hate do you have to uh, promote that uh, that Donald Trump has promoted to get yourself kicked off of primetime NBC?
1: Uh, You know, (laughs) know, Lawrence, that's a question. I don't have
8: the answer to you're there in 30 Rock. Um, This is all a clip from 2011, this part. I did not know this at the time, but Donald Trump was busy then trying to get me fired from this network using his influence with the NBC Entertainment executives who passed the word to the president of MSNBC, who completely ignored Donald Trump's attempts to fire me and didn't even mention it to me until years later. I'm still here in 30 Rock, even though. In June of 2015, when I was attacked, when I attacked Donald Trump's lying presidential campaign, Donald Trump tweeted this. I hear that dopey political pundit Lawrence O'Donnell, one of the dumber people on television, is about to lose his show. No ratings. Too bad. Well, the dopey part might be arguable. But it was then the second highest rated show on this network behind Rachel Maddow. And eight years later, on the nights when Rachel isn't here, it's usually the highest rated show on this network. Donald Trump was still trying to get me fired in 2015 because at that time I was still the only person in the news business calling his statements lies and calling him a lie. Not
2: entirely true.
8: As I began doing in 2011 when he began lying about President Obama's birth certificate, something the New York Times did not call a lie until September of 2016 when Donald Trump was already the Republican nominee. Donald Trump's tweeted threats and insults never bothered me for many reasons, including my suspicions at the time, that they were good for my ratings, which is probably why Donald Trump eventually stopped attacking me and moved on to attacking much lower rated shows on CNN. I never took seriously what Donald Trump said he was going to do as president. I knew there would be no wall built at the southern border. I knew he would never know how to pass an infrastructure bill. I knew the taxes would be cut because Republicans in Congress know how to do that, and Donald Trump just had to sign the legislation. But the concept of a Trump presidency, which I wrongly did not think was going to happen, didn't scare me because I believed wrongly that Congress could and would completely contain the worst impulses of the most ignorant man in the history of the word president. I was so wrong about that and Congress's ability and choice to control Donald Trump. When I was getting used to Donald Trump threatening me, the whole country was getting used to Donald Trump threatening people as he continued to do throughout his presidency and as he does now. And tonight, this country has reached the point where a former president of the United States who is the leading Republican candidate for president has publicly threatened to shut down a cable news network. And that is not news. If any previous president or leading presidential candidate in either party ever made such a threat, it would have been the lead story in every news organization in the country, every TV channel, every newspaper. And now it's not news. It wasn't mentioned on NBC Nightly News tonight. It was not mentioned on ABC or CBS. Those three national newscasts still have, by far, the biggest audience in television news. They deliver more.
2: That had to sting a little bit. Uh, Steven New York noting, O'Donnell and Scarborough, they've both been taking the graduate level shade courses. Yes, they have. Um. Yeah, uh, Dave in the blind. Uh, butcher, butcher than now and still as stupid as hell. Well, it's happened again. Miss Lindsay stomped her little foot and throwing a temper tantrum in public. Chick Fil A is not the hill to die on, Lady G. <laughs> And I like the dominatrix outfit you stole from John McCain's closet. Why don't you hire a couple of escorts from your local provider and drown your sorrows yelling, I'm a liberal, I'm a liberal, I'm a liberal in the privacy of your own bedroom. Merry Christmas to all of you all a good night. (laughs) Wait, wait, what is that? Whip me, beat me, call me liberal? Uh, Hmm. I I always heard it was whip me, beat me, make me write bad checks, or whip me, beat me, call me Edna. Uh, uh, Todd asking a question. Was Nimrata wearing Obama's mom jeans, and was she wearing said jeans while conversing about a country that doesn't exist? Just curious. At least she didn't have on a tan suit, right? Not the tan suit. Curiously, though, at the library or wherever she was this morning, Nimrata was wearing a fetching black sweater with white bars on it and the word ski emblazoned across the front of the sweater and, and, and knit in snowflakes on either arm. She's a snowflake. Hmm. Ski. really too stupid that's a heck of a phrase good for you Lawrence O'Donnell good for you and by the way we are at the halfway mark of the program $275 to go you recall our buddy Jake from Columbus sent a note yesterday. Have a show on my dad, and said that he would like to uh, have others match the offer. So there's 275 to go to do that. Let's see. Um, well, goodness me! How about that? Uh, wonderful. Our buddy David, out in Oregon, joins us on the Skype line. Hey, David.
5: Hi, Robin. Can you hear me? Roxanne, sorry.
2: That's okay. Either one's fine. I answer to it all.
5: <laughs> oh, so, that, okay. Um, so I was laying here resting on break from law school here, and I, um, I was listening to Lawrence O'Donnell just now um, about the, the news media, the failings of the news media, and I, and I really wanted to call in and talk about that. Um,
0: okay.
5: I, hear, I hear Mike Malloy when I listen to his podcast um, trying to figure out how we got here and his answer is, is Christianity and I think that's partly true but I also think that the, the answer also lies in the, in the takeover of the news media by corporate interests and Lawrence O'Donnell was making the point that cable news is not regulated um, by the federal government, and I am that that concerns me a bit, um, and I'm not entirely sure the the, the source or the. Um, I'm not entirely sure i'm not entirely sure of the source of my dread <laughs> about that um, but I think it might the fact that fox News in america in America whatever the other one is one america oh Nan, whatever oh Nan, yeah uh, it, it seems to me that the fact that there is not um Any meaningful regulation on 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 whether or not they can propagandize the American people is 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 partly is partly the reason why we're in this. Um, And I was just wanting to 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 chat this over with you and and wonder about your thoughts on.
2: No, I think you're right, and I've 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 talked about this at some length in the uh, in the past. Um, I think a lot of it happened. Well. put it this way Ted Turner had a really good idea in the beginning of having a network dedicated to hard news 24 hours a day 7 days a week that is what eventually became CNN and then headline news spun off of that that was just a quick every 30 minutes just you know a quick rundown of of the news, and when that showed, you know, and, and at first we, huh, oh, he's crazy. That's Ted Turner. No, it worked, and then I happened to be at CNN when little baby Jessica fell down the well, and that was that. That was the origin, truly. I feel like of the twenty-four hour news cycle, where they would just fixate on one story and beat it and beat it and beat it and beat it. Then came the, uh, uh, the Bush War One, and then Rupert Murdoch noticed that it was working, that the idea of a news channel was working, and said, hi, here's what we'll do. I'll set up a right-wing propaganda network and will just poison the minds of the American people. And after the after the passage and uh, signing of the Telecommunications Act of 1996, it became possible for media to be uh, concentrated in the hands of very few uh, very few corporations. And, and, and to their eternal damnation, one hopes, Murdoch and Roger Ailes figured out how to politicize the news, glam it up with some gorgeous attack blondes, and turn the country. You know, eventually... Uh, Flush Flimball would have a falling out with Fox. But in the earliest days of Fox, he was promoting it left and right. That's the only news I watch, my friends. That's where I get my news. I don't trust the liberal media. So that is part of it, David. But another part of it is, is, it, it all goes back to 1964... With the publication by Richard Hofstadter of *The Paranoid Style in American Politics*, which took a look at you know the Klan, uh, the John Burchers and said that you know some degree of that had always been part of our political stew, and he was right. And in '64, uh, Barry Goldwater gets absolutely countersunk into the dirt the Republican Party uh, has a post mortem and takes it seriously and says never again 1968 direct mail gets basically invented for political purposes Nixon has the southern strategy aided and abetted by the likes of George Wallace Barking and grunting about how there's no difference between a Democrat and a Republican. And helps to propel Nixon to victory over Hubert Humphrey. And of course Nixon had promised that he would end the war in Vietnam and he already had a plan and he would only tell us about it if he got to be president. And some American people, they were stupid enough to believe him and voted for him. And he weaponized white grievance white fear white paranoia, every bad white thing to his political benefit And eventually like I said with the rise of cable news, it all coalesces into our reality now I think I think I also think you cannot underestimate the damage that was done. There had always been, there had always been uh, radio talkers who were deliberately uh, extreme bomb throwers as it were but when Limbaugh came along and offered his program for free to any station that would run it and as long as they would run his network ads and then they had their own availabilities it flourished like poisonous mushrooms after a warm spring rain and because and be, and because for the most part uh, the left liberals whatever were not even uh, were not even competing in that medium that they, they basically ceded the battlefield to the, to to the right wing because you, know, well, you know nobody's going to listen to that then People, like unto Hamlet's father in the play, got poison poured into their ears. As they sat there in their traffic jams in their cars, listening to this bilge, and letting their uh, white uh, paranoia fester and boil, and here we are. Hey, that makes sense.
0: It,
5: it does. It does. It's, it's a great history lesson too. Because some of the stuff that I, some of that stuff I was unfamiliar with. Um, the. I guess my question is, I mean, I recognize that the First Amendment isn't going to allow us to shut down any news networks. You know, that's that's I don't I don't think Donald Trump is cogent at all on that. Um, the. But there has to be studying studying law currently, and th- there has to be a balance between the right to free speech and the right of the people not to be propagandized. And I'm wondering how we how we strike that balance. Is there? I guess I'm just struggling to to find a to find a way to protect people.
0: From well, this
5: is this is the this is the old market.
2: I don't know if you've gotten there yet, uh, but in in uh, in the history of the First Amendment, there's a very famous series of course of correspondence between uh, uh, Justice. Uh, oh, um, come on, coke addict. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. There,
0: oh, oh,
2: oh, and a U.S. District Court Judge named Learned Hand, and they exchanged this correspondence on what free speech under the First Amendment actually means. And it was it was Judge Hand who said. The remedy, I think, it's been a while. The remedy to bad speech is not to suppress the bad speech. The remedy to bad speech is more speech. And maybe in an era when radio was all newfangled and stuff, and it was very difficult to
0: broadcast
2: anything, and big cities still had two or three or four newspapers, an assertion like that, David, makes sense. It does not make sense now.
5: Uh, I, I just googled. I just googled. It was Brandeis, according to my click.
2: Oh, that was Brandeis. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um. um so. I, 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 but I mean, uh, ultimately, ultimately, it's yeah. ultimately it's consumer choice. You know, you have the right to turn off a channel or not listen or not watch. I mean, that's a choice I make basically every day with any right-wing news. I mean, I'll use clips, I'll find them, but I'm not going to sit around and watch it because I don't want my brains to leak out my ears.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) But it's... uh, I mean, other countries have laws. Against hate speech, for instance or overt propaganda. But we make a you know, we we, we say that we must be free speech absolutists because we fear the slippery slope and the camel's nose under the tent and, and and you, once you once you suppress one thing, it'll be easier for your political enemy to demand that the other, that something else that's dear to you, be suppressed. But in the end, this is all—it's all just commercialism. Again, Fox News—if there had been better money in being liberal, Fox would have been liberal.
0: Yeah, I, I take I
2: take that point. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. How, how many years ago was it that uh, was it Bruce Springsteen who wrote uh, what 67 channels and nothing on? There's a TV channel for everything and on every, and, and on every one of those channels, the, the purpose is to deliver the viewer into the tender mercies of whoever's paying for the ads. if we're lucky once in a while the ads are enjoyable but it really it really doesn't matter that much
5: Um, I see quite clearly though the, the, the connection between how we got here and 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 that commercialism that you're talking about right people have been propagandized for so long that they start to believe things that are not true and
0: And
2: it... Well, and don't, uh, don't ever underestimate the realities of information warfare. Because, so. you know, the, 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 the Russian troll farms and uh, all manner of overseas media who benefit by having a, a, a United States of America that is divided against itself. I mean, remember back in 2016, one of the uh, leading, or maybe 2020 maybe, one of the leading uh, Black Lives Matter Facebook accounts, I believe it was, was from a Russian troll farm. They work both sides of the street because they don't want to see one side or the other dominate. They want to see... A nation divided against itself in a state of perpetual turmoil. I mean, that's why the COVID pandemic was as bad as it was. You had a you you, you had a country in turmoil that could not come together like we did, say, with the polio vaccine. Anti vaxxers were not a thing. When people were being saved from polio, Americans lined up to go and get their polio vaccine. But not now. We can't do that now, David.
5: And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just struggling. I'm just struggling to. I'm just struggling to comprehend how. How we can prevent this from getting worse. And I, and I, and I understand the free speech argument. Um, but at the same time, I feel for the people who have lost their sense of what's true by s- just submitting themselves to this wholesale to this propaganda and there has to be a way to protect people from that. I mean isn't that part of the duty of the government?
2: supposedly it's the duty it's the duty of media. you know as I've said before uh, the media the jur- journalism is the only actual profession that's mentioned in the Constitution. It's supposed to be self-regulating, but it was a it was a it was a hot mess even in the times of the framers, with attempts to suppress uh, journalists and the like. You know, the the, the and this kind of goes back to that Lawrence O'Donnell clip. He said, you know, Republicans can cut taxes because there are Republicans in Congress who know how to do that. There are people in the congress who know how to do legislation and some of them might because they're still willing to do the bidding of orange genius might craft a legislation craft legislation that would confer jurisdiction upon the FCC for cable networks I mean look at look at look at the mischief that the telecommunications act of 1996 made That could happen.
5: It just takes the political will to do so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But that's not something you, I, or anyone else want. I mean, one of the nice things about being on the Internet, even though it's, a, it, it, it's it, it, even though we have a small community here, I mean, it can, it can have potential a tremendous reach. Yeah, you know, look at the number of people who tune in to Pink Shrek every day. And the FCC can't say a blessed thing about my content here, or anyone else's for that matter. I remember back in the early part of this century, there was a kind of a fetish for "bring back the fairness doctrine," and that, you know, that that's the one that required broadcasters to air opposing opinions to the opinions that they themselves presented in editorials. Uh, there was a there was a relatively hilarious episode of All in the Family in which Archie Bunker delivered a, uh, a an opposing opinion guest editorial on a TV station. And I said at the time, I don't want the fairness doctrine back. Can you imagine if I had to share time with some filthy fucking maggot? Oh
5: yeah, yeah. Wow.
2: Because because they disagreed with my opinion. Oh no! Now I think if you, I think if we did anything, we should make it easier, or, or, or you know, break up the conglomerates of broadcast corporations that own practically every radio license in this country and TV.
5: So, if I'm hearing you correctly, then. The solution may not be, may not lie in communication regulation per se, but more of enforcing the antitrust laws already on the books and, um, uh, and yeah, enforcing the antitrust laws that are already on the books and then the, um, Oh, I had a train of thought and I left. The
2: well, uh, let gone. me. Uh, well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you'll catch it, catch it up. And maybe while I'm saying this, it's worth noting that there are legislative proposals out there, even as we speak. Uh, Marsha Triple X Blackburn in Tennessee, for instance, Marsha, 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 is big into this proposed bill that would seek to protect children from inappropriate content on the internet. The only thing is, her idea of inappropriate content is anything LGBTQ+, anything queer, anything trans. Theoretically, this program would come under, uh, uh, under the, the umbrella of that legislation just because of who the humble hostess is. And the fact that we talk about the current political climate and the hatred that pours out of the gobs of people like Marsha X Blackburn. It's frightening. Uh, that's where the book bans are coming from right now. You know, from, from the Moms for Lesberty. Sorry, I still love that story. Uh, kind of proud of Moms for Lesberty. That was kind of right <laughs> off the cuff there. I'm giving myself a cowbell, damn it.
0: <laughs>
2: but, you know, that's why they don't want anybody to read Queer, the book called Queer. Or anything that has any kind of LGBTQ comment, even if it's a book that says, oh, and Fred's best friend Bill was gay, is gay. No, that's banned, that's verboten and these are all fundamentally fascist in their approach in their sensibilities probably a bad term to use that but and the and, and the and the other and the other side of that coin is let a thousand flowers bloom
5: i um yeah What you're saying to me is is very convincing. Um, uh, my train of thought returned. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the, uh, good. The antitrust laws and then public education, right? The solution may be in public education. Of uh, course, teaching civics. People how to, yeah, civics and teaching people how to discern um, opinion from fact. Um so I, I, the slippery slope argument is very, very convincing, and I am, so yeah, maybe, maybe communications regulation isn't the correct way to go, but I, I if, if we're on the same page about uh, the antitrust regulation, I'm, I'm, or, I'm sorry, the antitrust enforcement, I really do think that would be helpful, um, and also public education, just. Showing children how to, de- to demonst- uh, showing children how to um, discern fact from from fiction and fact from opinion, I think would be incredibly helpful too.
2: Absolutely, and by the way, Randy Radar points out people are lazy media consumers. They will gravitate to the most quality that is easily obtainable, which turns out to be crap. It takes actual work to find my program, for instance, uh, our program this program, our community. Uh, yeah, and and let's remember that, uh, just an example here, uh, professional football was formed as an, and, and I think professional baseball too, were formed as outlets for the masses' enthusiasms. Because if they were following the standings in baseball, they weren't worrying about, Mistreatment in the workplace, or out there agitating for unions. You know, I think the Chicago Bears started life as the Decatur Staleys, uh, and 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 it, it gave people something to do, something to root for. And I and it, it's it's all about diverting attention. Because if you have an informed populace, it's awfully hard to do this kind of evil shit that they're up to. You know, you reminded me of something, David. Uh, you know, we've got uh, uh, Jake and Columbus's, uh have a show on my dad challenge on the table. And thank you, Jake. But one of the things that Jake explained was that his relationship with his father went very badly wrong in part because Jake's dad became a, an uncritical consumer of Fox News comment uh, content. And that has happened especially in, in the older population time after time after time after time entire families broken apart because brains got hurt by watching right-wing propaganda channels there's that possibly apocryphal story about the lawsuit in I think Canada against News Corp Fox in which they uh, in, in which Fox it, as their defense said we're not in the news business. We're an entertainment channel.
5: Well I, if that's the case, then they then we're, a regulation would not be of their political speech. it would be of it would be of their commercial behavior bringing it under the, the purview of the Commerce clause I would imagine. But I, I'm just a I'm just a law student, and I I barely know what I'm talking. No, about, don't so. do that! <laughs> don't do that!
2: Just a law student stuff. That's yeah. That's that's like when uh, when when uh, Jehoshaphat in the morning says. Anytime he says, "I'm just a simple country lawyer," but uh, you know you're about to get your your pocket picked or your. <laughs> never well, tr- never trust any lawyer who says they're a simple country lawyer because you're about to get your ass handed to you. Uh, George and Korsgold the start of right-wing television news, I remember, George says, in 1979, Cap Cities ABC, now part of the entertainment division, created Nightline to go after President Carter, night after night after night, under the banner, America held hostage, day fill in the blank. Oh, and Bill Casey was in charge of Cap Cities, William Casey, CIA guy. I remember that too, and that that probably did as much or more than anything else to tank Jimmy Carter in the nineteen eighty election. And what a what a tragedy that has proven over the years. Uh, I mentioned uh, I mentioned uh, uh, Jake's note. Uh, by the way, uh, thank you very kindly. Um, to uh, uh, Jude saying uh, sending along twenty dollars for the fathers that are still here and those who have traveled on uh, and sent a sweet sweet note uh, Jude said as the year draws to a close, so that gets us down to two um uh, 255 to go on the uh, on the match. Thank you, Jude. But Jude said, uh, as the year draws to a close, I'm rem- reminded of the many friendships the Horn has provided, each given freely as this circle expands. As I wrote yesterday of the importance of personal service, we find ourselves at times consumed in the dysfunction, unrelent- unrelenting lies and man's inhumanity that seeks to rip apart the solid ground one stands on. Let it be known that when those moments arise where nothing seems to make sense, we of this community discover solace in trusted friends, some of us having the blessing of engaging outside the nightly forum of the on-air horns interchange. What a gift. My own personal friendships that have been cultivated since 2007 with your dedication to opening the mic to all, so to speak, has been and is a lifeline for this woman. Juanita, Annette, Kevin from Colorado Springs, Steve and Karen, Darlene, Chris from Portland, Billable Rick, Asa. Some have embraced me at times in person, while also on the phone and through emails. It's afforded my life with deep, uh, with care, a deep abiding understanding, and expands my awareness of those willing to be a part of life's journey. And also, Robin, never to exclude our regular callers who have their own perspective and sensitivity. I'm especially grateful for you, Robin. Not only the expertise of your knowledge, but how you have opened a wide door for all of us to be given an opportunity to meet like-minded fellow travelers on this arduous journey. And for those out there who only listen, please know that the energy of receiving, even from a distance as it appears, is also of a support that sustains this group of people, varied as we are. Simply put, I am grateful for the spirit of generosity you house. That is so, so kind, so dear, and so sweet. Thank you, Jude. And it's part of... Uh, th- that's the thing, David. It, this is, You know, there is community to be, to be had. You know, I, I... And there's joy and there's sorrow. And we share it all. Um, you know, I, I wonder because you know millions of listeners as he constantly bragged about i wonder if i wonder if flush flemball ever even wondered about the lives of the people to whom he lied every day of his miserable existence can't help but wonder You know, at one point making as much as $55 million a year and still wound up with a a, a nasty opioid addiction. Addicted even as he was re- referring to Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead as just another dead junkie my friend. I don't know. But but and and this is going to seem very granola for lack of a better term. I think I, th- I think there's I think there's something to be said with sincerity of how we deliver information. I've said a number of times here I can't view this as simply an entertainment. Because most of the issues that we talk about here touch people's lives, as Jude alludes to, touch people's lives deeply, profoundly. Um, I, got a, I got a story in the I got a story in my uh, stack for this evening, for instance, about a member of Congress from. Oh goodness me! I'll have to look at it here. Of of Michigan, a member of Congress, Tim Wahlberg, was found to have visited Uganda uh, in uh, the last year or so. Uh, Tim Wahlberg is co-chair of the U.S. National Prayer Breakfast. And he went to Uganda to praise Uganda for its kill the gays law. A member of the House of Representatives.
0: Wow.
2: Wow. Uh, Bill the Bloody Crystal, who was so often wrong during the Bush years, Said Representative Tim, but has apparently had a somewhat of a change of heart. Representative Tim Wahlberg, co-chair of the U.S. National Prayer Breakfast, went to Uganda to support its Anti-Homosexuality Act, which has a death penalty. His trip was paid for by the sponsors of the prayer breakfast. The U.S. National Prayer Breakfast. Time to shun the National Prayer be- Breakfast? I'd say. I would, too. <laughs> uh, Wahlberg delivering a speech at the Uganda National Prayer Breakfast, said, though the rest of the world is pushing back on you, though there are other major countries that are trying to get you into you and ultimately change you, stand firm, stand firm. And then Ugandan President Yauri Museveni said, Representative Wahlberg thinks like us. And then in May of 2023, he signed the Anti-Homosexuality Act that makes being gay a crime and aggravated homosexuality. Somebody needs to tell Lindsey Graham. (laughs) Seemed pretty aggravated there on the Fox set. Aggravated homosexuality carries the death penalty. And, of course, we we have a Speaker of the House... Who not only will not condemn him for it, will probably praise him. I,
5: that that is that's abhorrent to me, and that's I think that's just it's, it's 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 shocking to me how. People can read the teachings of Christ if they so choose, or if they do, and then go out and spew hatred and and bile and and, and it, it is it's shocking to me. Either they know that they are, either they know they are misrepresenting or misreading or misconstruing. Um, The teachings of Christ, and they're doing it intentionally, or they've been led astray. And part of me really does think that they have uh, chosen to take the teachings of Christ and manipulate them for their own purposes. And for the and and you 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 read the death the someone on the show, I can't remember who read the definition of blasphemy, I think it was Lawrence O'Donnell. Um, Not saying that Jesus is God or anything, but if one so believes that Jesus was a messenger, a divine messenger, then taking that message and twisting it for one's own selfish, evil purposes, is the definition of blasphemy. And to preach hate, to preach that gay people are not people, that they're hated, is antithetical to everything, in my view, from everything that I've read, that Jesus taught and it's it's sickening to
2: me that is exactly the word it is sickening it is nauseating uh juan cole um, said of representative walberg tim walberg would execute 10% of americans if he could that,
5: and 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 there i know there are laws on the books preventing that <laughs>
2: But he would like, you know, I'm sure he would. Of course, then again, if you got to look at Tim Wahlberg's browser history, it might tell an entirely different story, as is so often the case with these monsters. Got to wonder what he's doing over there on Pornhub or X Hamster.
5: <laughs> I, 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 I would prefer not to. Thank you.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, you haven't even gotten to the dinner hour there yet. Goodness gracious, what am I saying?
5: <laughs> um, but I, I, I thank you for for helping me um, reason through some of this, um, some of this, some of the thoughts I was having about the First Amendment.
2: Oh, I love our conversations, David. You know that.
5: I, oh. I, I do, I do, and I love our conversations as well, um, and. I, I think you're right. You're right about the free speech. You're right about that. Um, I guess it's just, I I guess it's, I really have a deep and abiding concern for the people that are trapped in that propaganda web. And, and I, I really want to find a way to free them from it. Um, and so I guess that's where, that's where, my, that's where,
2: that's where I'm coming from. Um. Well, you might be interested, uh, in, if you haven't seen it before, uh, Flavio reminded me of a documentary by Jen Senko called The Brainwashing of My Dad. Uh, the blurb from Amazon says, A filmmaker explores the radical change of her once-democratic father to an angry right-wing fanatic after his immersion in talk radio and Fox News. She discovers this to be a powerful phenomenon that has divided families across the nation. It's worth the watch.
0: Okay.
5: Um I just wrote that down. Um the I want to say thank you to the community and 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 um for allowing me to for allowing me in
2: (laughs) oh gosh
5: um and i really do enjoy this um this particular program and i think it really is helpful in in shaping in framing how where we are right and and so i'm i'm really grateful to you and i'm grateful to uh to everyone who calls it and has conversations, um, just to help kind of eliminate all of the the challenges we face, and also kind of try to discuss some of as we try to discuss some of the solutions. Um, and and I really am f- forever grateful for you providing this forum for us to discuss. And uh, with that, I think I'll let you go.
2: Uh, okay, David, thank you. That's so very kind.
5: Um, and uh, sending love and Happy New Year to everyone. Um, and uh, we'll talk soon, okay?
2: Okay, good luck in the coming semester. All
5: right, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Roxanne.
2: David calling from Oregon. He's going to make a great lawyer. really well and and uh, just to put a little bit of a um, cap on the Uganda story people in Uganda have been sexually abused, raped, tortured, beaten, evicted from their homes. And in many cases, it's private individuals who are doing it. after the enactment of the law there people were called into their uh, into the offices of their bosses to be fired under suspicion of homosexuality and you know for all the horrors that Uganda endured at the hands of Idi Amin (sighs) More horrors now because Uganda is practically a Christian theocracy. There's a reason Uganda has a Uganda National Prayer Breakfast. Because the prayer breakfast and the hateful legislation was sponsored, paid for by... Evangelical American fundamentalist Christian tax exempt organizations, and it's all tax free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, Hutch. Thank you, Hutch. We are now down to uh, 2.35 to go to match Jake and Columbus's have a show on my dad. Thank you so much, Hutch. And breaking news. Thank you to uh, Mark in Florida, uh, noting PS1 coal rocks. Yeah, I saw this across my news feed while I was talking with David. I don't know the degree to which it does or does not make a difference. But the state of Maine, the Secretary of State of the state of Maine, has removed the name of Donald Trump from the main Republican primary ballot. Uh, Secretary of State Shenna Bellows removed his name from the ballot based upon the insurrection clause in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. It will naturally be appealed to the Supreme Court. Maine shares its primary date with Colorado. They both hold their primaries on Super Tuesday, which this, this coming year will be March the 5th. And so this is going to be, I, I presume, consolidated in the Supreme Court. And they will answer the question all at once, but they need to answer it promptly. Uh, The maggot lawyers, of course, the pettifers, she needs to remove herself because she criticized January the 6th and said Trump started an said it was an insurrection, and she supported the, uh, the, the, the impeachment of poor, innocent Donald Trump. Oh, for January the 6th. uh, The Colorado Republican Party has already filed a request for review from the Supreme Court yesterday. Nitwit Nero will get around to it at some point. And so we wait and see. Um uh, note coming, uh, coming in from Reverbo, based on my conversation with David. Voila! The solution is to become intelligent. How many times do you need to hear this? Their enemy is intelligent people. And weren't we just talking about this... Uh, Like, Tuesday? Wasn't Mullah Moses Mike Johnson pontificating about how women in particular are leaving the Republican Party because they've been educated too much? Hell of a confession. And I get the idea that... uh, Arnold is feeling uh, less than sanguine about the 2024 election. Um, Saying it's either going to be, are you talking about the Republican nominee or are you talking about winning the presidency, Arnold? It's either going to be him or Haley. I think Joe Biden has a much better campaign team than we suspect. Maybe I'm whistling past a graveyard. But their responses to things like Nimrata Haley uh, dipshitting herself was solid. The economy, at least on Wall Street, is booming. gasoline even here for me is almost down to three dollars a gallon and in another year's time when people feel that begin to feel that in their paychecks it may make a big difference also it would be nice if so called mainstream news outlets would stop with the why is Biden so old news stories oh god So tiresome. I wonder if any member of the uh, House, even on uh, well the on the Democrat side, the maggots won't will condemn Tim Walberg. Ah. I, I, Someone, please. Be nice if there were several someone's. The AP, the Associated Press. Yeah, by the way, the lines are open if you'd like to get in and uh, chat a bit. Stress lines. Stress line is open. Eight four four eight four three four six seven six eight four four. The horn. The. Uh, regular direct dial line, 304 574 8178, is open. As is Skype. That's where uh, David called in. Robin, R O B Y N, Kincaid Horn, K I N C A I D H O R N. Get you into Skype. If you've never sent me a contact request, go right ahead and please do. Like I said, the AP Associated Press had a story by Christina Cassidy. Headline, election officials see a range of threats in 2024 from hostile countries to conspiracy theorists. Oh, great. She notes, fresh risks since 2020, combined with the lies being told by Julius Geezer, and his minions election workers receiving death threats voting equipment being breached inside election offices changes to election laws in maggot states and so a lot of election workers have just quit And that means that there's a knowledge deficit in some areas, local areas. I mentioned the 2016 uh, Russian troll farms and the like in talking with David. Well, as of 2022, there had also been multiple incursions, hackers, cyber war, from Iran, China, and Russia. Uh, scanning state government websites, copying voter information. It's frightening. Microsoft issued a warning net last month. Election 2024 may be the first presidential election during which multiple authoritarian actors simultaneously attempt to interfere with and influence an election outcome saying that Russia, China and Iran uh, will be active in the election because the stakes are simply too high Microsoft went on and said Russia, Russia is the most committed and capable threat to the 2024 election Russia sees 2024 as possibly being determinative to their ongoing attempt to murder Ukraine. Is something um, in which no small numbers of the Republican Party in Congress are aiding and abetting and giving aid and comfort to Russia. Up in Michigan, the Democratic Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, said we're going to do everything we can to be prepared, but we're facing well-funded serious adversaries, and that requires all of us to be clear-eyed about those challenges, and for voters to also know that there are foreign actors that want to influence their vote to further their own goals and not America's. Uh, This AP article is a pretty deep dive. It speaks to uh, Fulton County, Georgia, which, along with other election offices in November, received envelopes of a powdery substance. In some instances, that powdery substance was identified to be fentanyl. talked about a knowledge gap, a knowledge deficit. The lieutenant lieutenant governor of Utah is Deirdre Henderson and she said two-thirds of the county clerks in Utah are new since the 2020 election. And being Utah, it's probably certain that they are not Um, kindly disposed to uh, democracy or anything resembling it. News came out yesterday that the first American hostage in Gaza uh, well, wasn't a hostage at all, actually. Uh, Judah Weinstein, who was 70 and held triple citizenship with the U.S., Israel, and Canada, uh, was uh, killed at kibbutz near Oz. She and her husband were both killed on October 7th. President Biden issued a statement saying, I will never forget what their daughter and the family members of other Americans held hostage in Gaza have shared with me. They've been living through hell for weeks. No family should have to endure such an ordeal. Uh, The couple were out taking a morning walk when they were shot. The headline says, Killed by Hamas. It comes from USA Today, so there you are. But at this point in time, it's more convoluted than that, isn't it? Killed by Hamas, yes. Who was empowered by Bibi Netanyahu. And the Israeli fascists who enable him. And there are no answers. And then this, oh, mm, stupid people, Uh, we know, because we've had lots of clips with him, I've met him once, Bishop William Barber, great man, moral leader. Well, he tried to go see a movie, Bishop Barber did. He's 60 years old, but he uh, suffers from debilitating arthritis. When he walks, he does so with two canes. And everywhere he goes, his assistant brings a chair that he can get into and sit into in with some degree of comfort. And so it was that he went to see the color purple Tuesday afternoon, brought his chair with him, and sat in the disabled section of the AMC movie theater, ...in Greenville, North Carolina. And that's when someone who worked there... ...said, you can't have that in here. The chair itself is kind of like a stool... But it has a backrest, there are no arms to it, and it helps him deal with his uh, ankylosing spondylitis, which causes horrible pain in the joints and the ligaments of the spine. Uh, Bishop Barber said, I've used this chair everywhere, Broadway, the White House, and I've never had a problem. They called the cops on Bishop Barber. The Greenville, North Carolina PD confirming that they got a call for trespassing to the AMC Fire Tower 12. Whoever dropped the dime said a customer's arguing with employees, and the employees want him removed. Well, this is one of those days when the PR department at AMC earns their earns their pay. Uh, <laughs> uh, they issued a statement. AMC's chairman and CEO Adam Aron has already telephoned him and plans to meet with him in person in Greenville, North Carolina, next week. To discuss both this situation and the good works Bishop Barber has engaged in throughout the years. We are also reviewing our policies with our theater teams to help ensure that situations like this do not occur again. It only gets worse. Bishop Barber had taken his 90-year-old mama to see the movie. He said, I had to leave the theater without my mom. She was left behind with an assistant because I didn't want to get arrested. This is a man who has dedicated his life to trying to meet the teachings of Matthew 25 feed the hungry house the, ho- the homeless visit the sick he's been tireless in his opposition to racism inequality 12 years, he was president of the North Carolina chapter, the NAACP, and gets bounced out of a theater for trying to sit in a chair that allows him to sit. Oh, AMC is going to be writing a big check. One of of those great big money checks. I wonder if uh, I wonder if the dipshit who this has been a dipshitty kind of thorn in the side Thursday. I I warned, I said so at the beginning. Wonder if that person still has a job. speaking of apologies, oh, wait a minute. There's Will in Chicago. Not in Chicago.
4: Hi, Will. Hi, Robin. How are you? Busy. Sorry, I've been out of touch. I've been uh, busy. In the good news, I have a job at, uh, for the semester at the high school lined up, so I do not have to deal with kids who do things such as drop stink bombs in the bathroom and in my classroom. Ugh. So I will never again teach middle school, even though I wish several of the students well. So I have been moving heaven, hell and earth to find something. Ironically, last Friday after I was pretty much giving up hope on a job I applied to a very nice uh Catholic school. Uh they the principal called me and apologized for getting back to me so late saying the day before the last of the uh semester. Uh, was kind of like heading into a uh, headlong crash. But I'll be there, and I'll only deal with high school. It's also been hectic. I don't think if I mentioned it. I am also taking care of a chihuahua mix I am adopting.
2: Oh.
4: Named Tiny. He spent about three, four months in a shelter. He's nine, so I have to limit his... Walks and today I had to meet uh, Sophie, a two year old lab who'll be visiting because uh, her mom's a friend and travel writer. But I'm disappointed to hear about what happened with Reverend Barber because he is one of the people who lives by his values. Yes. And this is a key problem because there are many people where I not only question their sanity, but their values. And you can only imagine what the last few months since October 7th have been like for me. I'm in the difficult position of being, believing, yes, the Jewish people have a legitimate right to uh, national self-determination, as do the Palestinians, as uh the Kurds, and others. Unfortunately, uh, to say that I feel like I'm watching something penned by Edgar Allan Poe is an understatement. I have seen people cast doubt on the accuracy of the reports uh, from the ground on October 7th, including the rapes, the dead bodies, and the like. Uh, I have thought that a a ground campaign in Gaza would be difficult, and have questioned Netanyahu's fitness not only to lead a uh, ground campaign. I have long questioned his fitness of running anything larger than a garbage uh, truck crew, because the man's uh, competence is something I have always questioned, as well as his uh, lack of morality, because in the end, he fits a mold of people who are mostly interested in power for himself and make appeals to extreme nationalism. And I kind of find myself uh, sympathizing with a statement Bernie Sanders made about not sure how you can have a ceasefire when you have a group like Hamas. Unfortunately, uh, any other... what I have long said that perhaps the only good thing I can say about Netanyahu, other than the fact that he knows how to build coalitions and knows how to feather his own nest and has more lives uh, than a cat, is that he actually made me miss someone I considered arrogant ham-fisted, and a poor, generally making poor judgments. Why do I think Ariel Sharon uh, uh, would have been preferable to this mor- moron? Meanwhile here, I have walked through parts and seen posters of, of hostages defaced with the lies, uh, where shame on you, lies. I have seen have uh, been very careful going to my synagogue where we always have security because this is America. And um, I also feel bad for the students, uh, both uh, Arab and Palestinian and Israeli, who are getting harassed. And I, I question some of the rhetoric I'm hear, hearing uh, how would I say it when Hamas uses the phrase from the river to the sea that may mean something completely different than many Palestinian activists. But I'm not sure how we go through here. The sad one of the saddest statistics I saw is that now a majority of Israelis and a majority of Palestinians who before had supported a two-state solution do not support one now my hope is in the long run this will change because one thing I've learned is never underestimate the impossible my father may rest in peace lived long enough to see the Berlin Wall collapse a great aunt who died in 2018 lived to 103 so to say that she had seen several things that people had presumed would always exist like the Tsar and the Russian Empire and the like uh, collapse tells you that is it's changed. But I think one thing we have to commit ourselves to is dialogue and respect. And sadly, the atmosphere on parts of the internet are so toxic I do not even go there. I still have a Twitter account. Except for maybe contacting one person I'm seriously considering uh, deleting it because uh, Elon Musk uh, strikes me as example of what's wrong with late stage capitalism. There is so much arrogant pride arrogance, pride, false pride, hate and hostility that I question our country and our world's ability to carry on dialogue. I mean consider we have someone running who Right now, is the sort of person that the founding fathers warned us against, the sort of nut job that Dwight Eisenhower uh, said uh, when referring to people like the uh, dad of the Koch brothers, that hopefully they will uh, always be away from power, is uh, the likely winner, uh, leader of the GOP. Then we have Nikki Haley who said nothing about the Civil War being based on slavery, whereas my reading of all the historical documents of that era that I have read as a teacher and history buff shows me the Confederacy was founded on the idea that all men are not created equal, and it was about slavery. So I have to ask, are we capable of having dialogue in this country anymore or in this world because too many people are convinced of their own absolute rightness and for someone who doesn't quite fit into one side or another, I feel like they are too much like Jeremiah crying in the wilderness, uh, which I realize is a day late for, uh, for the program. But where do we go from from here? Because I'm I'm ser- I've seriously taken time for a break.
2: I understand. It's exhausting. In the extreme.
4: Yeah, because when I hear uh, people. Uh, claiming about this, or uh, that propaganda campaign. First, I tell myself, usually the truth doesn't come out till uh, after a war. Uh, I posted part one of uh, Malcolm Nance's analysis on uh, the military situation. Hopefully, after his bout with COVID, he will get to part two. But he mentioned that casualties uh, in previous conflicts have been uh, different than the final number, and the problem is we're still learning the facts on 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 the ground. I mean, I find myself in the position of one wishing that Rabin had lived, two wishing that Arafat would have somehow found the courage to accept the deal that was offered. Camp David, although one person I knew years back pointed out maybe he was afraid of accepting it for fear of it ending up like some others. But ultimately, I have to presume that we will ultimately move forward to peace, even if at times I feel we are in a dark tunnel that has no light. And makes me kind of think at times of some of the people who are being trapped in cave-ins in the mines in Appalachia and elsewhere, who are just praying for light.
2: Yeah, and room to breathe. And
4: room to breathe.
2: Because... The thing, I've I've been trying to educate myself too, and uh, what I found out recently is, is is it certainly doesn't make things any better, Will. No, uh, it, it, it's he, frightening he, because he, he, Bibi Netanyahu is the and I know this is going to sound nuts, is the least right wing of his pr- practically his entire cabinet.
4: Well, no, well, you do have Yair Lapid and uh, Gantz, who right. Are, yeah. The, yeah. Or the, the <laughs> cabinet. But for the people he brought into his party, uh, because Bibi's chief skill is at cobbling coalitions. He has people further to the right than him.
2: Well, is, is yeah. Israeli, you know, is, Israeli historians now are openly referring to Israeli fascism. Yes, because and the, essentially, and that the,
0: the, there are
2: we... is, there are fascists, neo Nazis in the Israeli government. And I oh, actually yeah. I actually did some reading up on it, and he was. Um, uh, the, the the historian in question was not engaging in hyperbolic commentary. Uh, no, you
4: have people who want only an Israel uh, between the river and the sea. I reject that idea as heartily as I reject the idea of creating a Palestine between the river and the sea because I don't see such a state as viable or wanted by the majority of either side. problem is... With a parliamentary democracy such as Israel, unless you set it up so that you have to reach a certain threshold, any party can get uh, someone into office. And what Netanyahu has done is he has cobbled the extreme nationalists and the extreme ultra-Orthodox into a coalition. In the war cabinet, you have the center and uh, the left and that's only a temporary emergency thing because based on what I see of the evidence on the ground, uh, that Netanyahu is uh, probably going to face a political face, fate worse than a uh, Golda Meir and Moshe Dayan did after 1973's uh, disaster uh, of not noticing the buildup for the Yom Kippur War. And Netanyahu's best defense, ironically, is the same as George W. H., uh, George w. Bush, sheer incompetence. I'm not going to go as far as saying letting it happen because that is a very high standard of proof, but guess what? Uh, sure did benefit him, though, didn't it? Of course. He, it's the one thing that saved him from the protests. If October 7th hadn't happened... Let's presume uh, that in some alternate reality, you would still have tens of thousands of moderate and liberal Israelis and those committed to uh, their basic law, uh, since they really don't have a formal, fully drafted constitution because so many things were cobbled together quickly, uh, protesting his attempts to change the court. And right now, Bibi Netanyahu is extremely unpopular with the vast majority of Israelis, so I expect him to go down hard whenever this is over. Unfortunately, fighting a war in an urban environment is nightmarish. I'm not sure that it could actually be done uh, in such a tight place, but unfortunately, we have extreme fanatics in parts of the israeli public we have an extremist group in the case of hamas where i did years back something like 20 years ago actually read their charter to which i will summarize my reaction as oif because yeah it does call for the elimination of israel it does uh quote verses from i think the hadith which is kind of uh the uh, islamic equivalent of the talmud you know story is based on exactly that. Uh, where it talks about trees and rocks talking uh, on judgment day, say, Lo, behold, oh Muslim, there's a Jew hiding behind me. No, yes, it's in the actual freaking document. In which case, you can no more reason with them than the most extremist elements of Netanyahu's coalition. But I have to have faith that peace will ultimately prevail. And uh, I now hear people uh, in certain parts of the right questioning the legitimacy of Palestinian aspirations. I have people on the left questioning the legitimacy of the Jews to have a homeland, like any other people. Why do the Jews pursue a homeland? Simple. Liberty, fraternity, equality, baloney. See the Dreyfus Affair. Giacuse, Theodor Herzl in Austria, concluding that if the Jews could not get a fair shake in France, fountainhead of the revolution, where could they? Hence, you had people uh, settle in Israel, and you also had massive immigration before 1948, uh, where perhaps 10% of the uh, population of Jews in Yemen moved. Um and the one thing that's not mentioned often is how many of the Arab countries lost their Jewish populations. I have a friend in Chicago named Debbie who uh, was active in the old Air America place boards. That tells you how long I've been listening to progressive talk show hosts. Whose dad's family was in Egypt for 200 years? Out the door. Us. Uh, So I have to presume that we can move forward, but the next, until this is over, it's going to be hell, and honestly, I question my safety in public. I mean, uh, we haven't had any incidents at my temple, but on Yom Kippur, uh, my rabbi, she, yes, I have a female rabbi, uh, actually two of them. Uh, mentioned that are other congregations nearby that got swatting calls. Similarly, I know mosques have been threatened, and people are angry. And I'd you, like to say, do you see? I mean, remember. Will,
2: you're you know you're you're very, you're you're you're, you're very thoughtful in your analysis. Can you can you see how this is such a field day for fascism?
4: Oh yes, because there are people who, uh, in the various parties, uh, Israel, the Palestinian party, and the others, who want to have absolute control over their authorities along nationalistic and religious lines. In the meantime, the extreme right in our country, the neo Nazis, who have allied themselves. With Agent Orange. Uh, they hate everybody. They hate everybody. I mean, uh, and how would I say it? I have never felt so unsafe in this country. I feel less safe now than I did after September 11, 2001. Want to know why? Because many of the threats now are coming from our own citizens who are beginning to learn. To
2: hate each other. Oh, they're not... Yeah, well, learning implies being taught, and they are being carefully taught. They're being yes. carefully taught on Fox and and, and, and uh, by, by the likes of Steve Bannon and Onan, the network that spills its news upon the ground and Newsmuck on a daily, even hourly basis.
4: Right, and what do we have? Here? Let me explain. At Los Angeles... Um, Does not have a commercial progressive talk station in Pacifica, which carries an hour of Tom Hartman and some, uh, I think, Amy Goodman, some lots of local programs? I think as I drove through on my way to L.A., um, I, there was a progressive talk in Chicago and Santa Fe, nowhere along the way, and we have largely given up the airwaves and uh, huge portions of the Internet uh, to the right wing because our so-called liberal backers, uh, the people who supposedly have the money, aren't doing anything. And for many parts of the country, that's the only diet you have. So now I will do my mandatory commercial announcement. If you like what you hear on the horn, please donate if you... Right now, I'm waiting for a job to start up. But I would challenge you to try to help Robin out because, Robin, I have been frightened for your situation being a trans person in uh, West Virginia because I have, have to worry about your safety based on the legislature, based on the climate, based on the fact that for some pe- people, if you do not fit their narrow definition of what it is to be human, you are an enemy and have to be eliminated. at least persecuted or hunted down. And, I mean, it, it, it's, it's... Oh, well, ridiculous.
2: you know, it'll be, what, maybe two more months and, or, you know, maybe a month and a half, not sure exactly what date. But the West Virginia legislature will meet again, and I have no doubt that the uh, bigots bigots the nicest word i can use who introduced a bill in the senate last year to make it a felony for me to go to walmart uh, will introduce it again
4: i'm uh, certain they will and I mean, so i'll
2: be re-traumatized and wondering if you know, i got well, you, i got i got a reprieve very- i got a reprieve last year when the bill died in committee
4: right now, uh, this year, who knows? It's an election year, so people may be trying to make hay because naturally you can take an incredibly small m- minority and portray them as the incarnation of evil and say, look, I'm stopping them. I mean, look, other hosts are also going through a rough time. I don't know if you heard Nicole Sandler relocate from Florida to uh, Chandler, Arizona, where... Uh, They at least have some Democrats in uh, power. And she's been so frustrated over the past two months, she seriously thought of quitting, And to which a lot of people have told her, no, and I don't want to see this program end because of lack of financial support or the like, because I've seen other good hosts have to close down. So I'm going to urge people, if they are so moved, try to help, and also speak. There is a place for those who do not see everyone on one side or the other as completely evil. Now, I may disagree with Liz Cheney on every political policy, but I will applaud her for standing up for the concept of constitutional government. Although this tells you it seems to prove the rural politics makes strange bedfellows.
2: Yes, and, and we live in a, and also we live in a time when doing the absolute bare minimum to honor one's oath to the Constitution is a <laughs> revolutionary act.:
4: Yes, I am actually reminded over the uh, debate, and you might find this amusing in uh, Judaism. Was Noah a, a good man period? Or was he just a good man in his age? Meaning, was he the least worst and other people later or earlier were, were better? I mean, Liz Cheney strikes me as a good person in her age because the alternatives are so much work. Trump no, is atrocious. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's kind of like uh, and Lot was a righteous man.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, faint praise Indeed, although uh, to clarify something on that story, uh, part of it was uh, kind of him trying to go to extreme lengths to protect guests because uh, the real sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was not sexuality, which really isn't mentioned until insanely later. It's that they were complete jerks to everyone.
2: Yes, they were. And and then, well, and, 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 you know, beyond that, Cut him some slack for that, but the whole – and, of course, it winds up being blame the woman or women. You know, the daughter's getting him all liquored up and then getting pregnant by him, and you still get called a righteous man. Well, now. Uh, well, But yeah. I want to thank you for your kind words, Will, uh, because we do have um, – uh, we've got an offer on the table and we're $235 from meeting it and I really appreciate you encouraging people to help us do that uh, thank you so very much I'm glad you got a good uh, a good new teaching gig and well at least you're not freezing in Chicago right
4: well yeah I mean a cold day here is high Our low is 46 it got into the 60, 60s uh, this week, and I joke, if it was 60 degrees in late December, people would be opening out the windows and barbecuing. Yes, yes. In Chicago. You, you, Heck, right. If it was 60 in West Virginia, I think you'd be going to the grill. Yeah, I'd be, I'd probably be in
2: shorts. <laughs> uh, I, in fact, I joke with Tracy about that kind of stuff because, of And I was going to tell you, you mentioned Nicole Sandler fleeing Florida for Arizona. A dear friend of mine fled and she's been on this program she fled um, South Alabama for Los Angeles
4: and I can't blame her because honestly if you are a minority in any way in certain parts of the country you are scared I I normally don't wear a kippah in public I just save it for temple but I would no more uh, have driven uh, that route that went through uh, rural Ili- Illinois, rural uh, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas, and then hence west, wearing a kippah, then I would wear a uh, shoot me shirt. Yeah. Uh, because it's unsafe, although you will be su- surprised. I think I mentioned before there was one house. On the main route through uh, the Texas Panhandle, it was pink and had a rainbow flag and a peace sign that said "Give peace a chance." And I thought to myself, "This may be the bravest person in this entire county."
2: Absolutely, but then again, there's a you know millions of people in Texas, and at some point, Texas may may come to its senses. The the main thing providing power to the right-wing in Texas now, Will, is simply the obscene and utterly ridiculous way in which it's gerrymandered.
4: Yeah, I mean, this is ridiculous. I have long opposed gerrymandering, and the way that Texas and many other states are, it's uh, it's uh, ridiculous. I mean, uh, I'm Done that. Uh, we actually have uh, states, I believe it's Alabama again, uh, uh, was it South Carolina, that has ignored the demand to change the map because uh, courts and nullification. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't know where we move from this, but I think the only way we can is to talk to each other and realize there's good and bad people in all groups, in all nationalities, in all uh, generally broad movement. I disagree with uh, Cheney and Kinzinger, but I could actually sit down and have a dialogue with them. I... Can I can uh, have dialogue with many people. But I think that we are in danger, perhaps as a society, perhaps even as a global society, of losing the ability to talk to each other. So I think we have to commit to the dialogue process, painful though it is at times, and realize two people can look at the same set of facts and see different things and need not be the enemy. And perhaps that is what the Founding Fathers wanted us to realize. Perhaps that's what is the way out of it. Uh, I'll close with a quote from Babylon 5, which I'm doing a rewatch of. And ironically, uh, the Clark administration that show and Trump's plans for revenge are so similar I have to wonder if someone cobbled together parts of it Uh, just as it was our humanity that got us into this mess it may be that our common humanity is the only thing that gets us out of it very nice be well be safe everyone have a great new year and hang in there It, it is dark But there's always light, even if we have to actively look for it.
2: And it gets a little more, every day gets a little brighter now. Yep.
4: Literally. Hopefully metaphorically as well as literally. Exactly. Will, take
2: care. It's great to hear from you, my friend. Great to hear from you.
4: Have a uh, great day. I'm going to try. Later.
2: My buddy Will, formerly of Chicago, now Southern California. And it's time to uh, time to go. A little past, a little extra broadcasting. Uh, Jude said, uh, "Will, in his methodically probing interchange with you, Robin brings forth my brother Mikey Weinstein. The death threats he and Bonnie experiences beyond the pale. I hear you, Will, Robin, David, and all. I we will not let you go it alone." And said, so "Wisdom has visited through Will. Will always brings." Wisdom and an attempt to understand a world that can be quite chaotic, painful. So, like I said, out of here, Um, we close with uh, $235 to go on our attempt to bring the fundraising hole down to 1376. If we do 235 more, maybe someone on the overnight crew, more than that, maybe, maybe, just maybe, we won't be quite so desperately in the hole as the year and the month ends. Thanks to our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Thanks to the folks who offer up the challenges. And those who respond, thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger in Oregon in the chat room. And remember, tomorrow is Friday on the front porch, so we've got that going for us, which is good. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on .live. Remember, like and subscribe, please, to the podcast if you're a podcast part of the community leave a comment once in a while so that we get bumped up a little bit in the rankings thank you John Fox in Australia, thank you Ben Birch whiterosesociety.org thanks to the hardest working bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain watch, crmw.net 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop please stay safe Get your booster, get your flu shot, get your RSV vaccine, if they're available. Wear a mask when you're around larger groups, especially if there are maggots in it, because they're disease spreaders, because they don't get the vaccine, and they wander around talking about the wonders of ardvark antifungal medicine. Yeah. Uh, wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse, maintain your social distance. And for pity's sake, if Nikki Haley comes towards you talking about anything about the Civil War, <laughs> avoid her like the plague, because she is. Oh, and thank you, George, and course Gold, for the recommendation of the book. Um, Howell Raines, former editor of the New York Times has a new book out about the uh, Alabama Cavalry Regiment that fought under Sherman in the Civil War. Well, I think they were, what were they, uh, I, I read about them years and years ago. The 4th Alabama, I think, is what they were called. But thanks, George. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.